The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 114 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul. I'm Pat. And today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But first, go over the bits and pieces that we normally do so you can follow us on twitter facebook or instagram at blokebusters you can email us at theblokes at blokebusters.com you can go to blokebusters.com and it looks lovely there it's very nice and shiny and you can also check our patreon out it's patreon.com slash blokebusters podcast and there's just a few little things there if you want to even just give us a dollar a month just to keep the lights on and yeah have just us. pass a tip yeah you know just, if you enjoy us if you feel like we're worth a dollar a month that would mean the world to us so thank you very much to those who have already donated and thank you to you who are considering doing so so pass that season's greetings on. yes exactly <laughs> despite the fact this is probably going to come out uh, still <laughs> new, like just before the new holiday you know holidays you know yeah, yeah. you give it some, give it some not that we're dating this podcast at all right now. <laughs> no, not at all. Not that we're going to specify that this was recorded no. on the 27th of December. <laughs> uh, but yes. All right. So, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, directed by Bob Persietti, I think. Uh, Peter, That's a curse word. <laughs> yeah, Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman. Three directors. Yes. Uh, has a budget of $90 million. And so far, to 13 days, it has a box office of $143,949,916 US dollars worldwide. So it's doing quite well. <laughs> is, is that? Because usually for a movie to be considered profitable, doesn't it have to almost uh, double that budget? You basically have to assume that... Any film budget that is given doesn't include marketing. So yeah, it gen- generally is seen as double the budget is the sort of benchmark. Mm-hmm. But I feel that at this point in time, when it comes to just the box office, especially you know, the first two weeks are generally the biggest draws. Mm-hmm. But films like this, I think, continue to do well in... Uh, VOD and yeah, uh, okay. sales after that so I think that having made almost one and a half times <laughs> its budget <laughs> actually no pretty much made uh, just over one and a half times its budget in two weeks I think this film is definitely going to be fine yeah Sony did it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. technically Sony did it with Venom too but Venom is ugh. yeah well, uh, <laughs> I have not seen Venom myself, and I don't feel the need to, despite how much I do enjoy Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, so. take it from somebody who's a comic fan and watch it go, this, it's so bad it circles around to being good again. 
Oh, well, kind of like a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy. Yes! <laughs> it's the perfect definition. I, you're watching and you're thinking, man, this is going to get good. Oh, it's just keep going down. It's going down. It's hit the floor. But it bounced right back up to being <laughs> just, what the hell? Yeah. I don't know what the hell. In, in fact, uh, myself and my wife sat down to watch Jingle All the Way a few days ago. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I have good nostalgia so for that one, uh, despite the fact that I'm aware that it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy. And With we finished Sinbad. watching it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sinbad, who did not star in a film called Shazam. No, that was, that was Shaquille O'Neal in Kazam, yeah. people. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we finished watching it. My wife turned to me and just said, that was awful <laughs> and I said really? yes it was and she said it's bad I said yes it is she, she, said, it? Uh, she had seen it ages ago but hadn't seen it in well over a decade at this point so this was she was coming back to this as just like oh let's give it a go but it's like no seriously it's a terrible film but it's fun anyway yeah. <laughs> and yeah of course you got uh, the late great Phil Hartman as the lovable bad guy as it were so oh yes uh what a what a weird movie that was. Very odd. Get the Turbo Man. <laughs> yeah, Come that, in, yeah, it was a very very strange film. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me any like Arnold Schwarzenegger film of its time that wasn't like strange. Oh no, yeah, I there's mean, a movie where he's pregnant. Yeah, Junior. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Remember that he has a twin brother who's a midget. <laughs> yeah, played by the doctor who made him pregnant in Junior. <laughs> Day yep, once again. <laughs> uh, have you heard of... I have no idea if they've gone further with the project, but at the very least, they had signed on an actor to play the third brother that is found. No! Oh, yes, it was going to be called Triplets. Would you have a guess as to who would be playing the triplet of... Danny DeVito. Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Okay. I, my guess would be I would love to just say, just say Sylvester Stallone. Nope. But I know they wouldn't go that cheap. Nope. With no, it. they're not. Chuck Norris. Nope. <laughs> that would be I awesome. Mean, I mean, cool idea, but uh, you're, you're kind of thinking the wrong way. I know. Eddie Murphy. Frick no! Yep. That'd be a terrible idea. <laughs> yes, it would. Oh no! I'd watch it in a heartbeat, but it would oh. be a terrible. <laughs> oh dear Lord. Yes. Lord forgive the sins of man. This is not a. He's, Do I even, edit that he's even retired. <laughs> he's even retired. He hasn't chosen to. Yeah, but uh, I mean, to be fair, if Arnold Schwarzenegger came to you and said, "Hey, I want you to be in one of my films," that's then you think like, you'd still do it? But that's like an Adam Sandler coming up to you. He's like, "You want to be one of my knockoff films where I'd make it over like five weeks?" <laughs> well, like, most, most people say yes to that as well. Most people say yes to that, and then they realize afterwards, like, "Why did I do that?" It's like waking up with a bad hangover. Like, "What did I do? Why do I feel so violated?" <laughs> Yes, but to be fair, to be fair to what? To be fair to Arnold. Okay, to Arnold. Okay, his Sorry, films. I we we're talking about Adam Sandler. No, 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 no. no, no we're no. not giving him any fairness. No, 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 no. To be fair to Arnold, his films are bad but fun to watch. Yes. <laughs> Old Adam Sandler films are bad but fun to watch, but steadily and increasingly get worse and worse to where they're just utter garbage now. Yeah, with I mean, yeah, pretty much any film that he is behind is terrible. Yes. Any film that he is in that has nothing to do with him is really good. Have you seen, uh, was it uh, The Moet Stories or whatever it is? The what? 
It, yeah, it's uh, it's on Netflix. I heartily recommend watching it. He plays a a guy in it. It's a dramatic role, and he is phenomenal. I've heard I, I've heard <laughs> he's been a phenomenal actor. I've, where's that one where he's in the movie with Don Cheadle, where he's like his family was killed in the nine eleven attacks. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I was about to say Punch Drunk Love because he's no. apparently good in that, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard that's like a really like not that it's a great film, but it's a great drama. Like a really well put together one. Yeah, it's really odd that a lot of these comedic actors you find out are phenomenal in, in dramas, dramatic roles. Yeah. Uh, like Will Ferrell. I absolutely hate Will Ferrell comedies, but he is an astounding actor. Yeah! <laughs> What's that one where he's like in the novel? Strangers in Fiction. That's a great movie. That was the film that basically turned my opinion on I know, same here. <laughs> I'm like, Will Ferrell, he can't be. And then I watched it like, wow, that, why does he do more stuff like that? That was phenomenal. Steve Carell? <laughs> Yeah, I oh man, I I haven't seen Fox Hunter yet, but I have heard nothing but good stuff about him in that as well. Is it, what's that movie? Uh, uh, good Morning Sunshine? No, Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. That's a great one. It is. Oh, okay. We got sidetracked. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Once again, this podcast is about <laughs> Spider-Man into we the Spider-Man. We are talking about movies. We are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for <laughs> hanging on there. <laughs> We do eventually get to our point. I'm like a goldfish. I can't, I see the things that you go for, and then I get lost. Yeah, ooh, shiny thing. Yay. Yes. <laughs> but back on to, we were talking about the budget, and like it's currently still on track to definitely be making its dues. Yeah, it'll definitely make back its budget, including its marketing. Uh, just based on, I'm sure it'll be in cinemas for the next month or so. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll catch up. And if you're a, any follower of Twitter, it's just it's just exploding out there. Yes, <laughs> it's actually like it's, it has one of the biggest trending things right now because of Into the Spider Verse. Somebody, one of the creators from the movie, started to make a, a hashtag called Spider Sona. Okay. And the whole concept is create your own Spider Man. Oh, okay. And it's causes huge ripple effect on Twitter, where like you see all these high end and low end people creating their version of Spider Man, like their own character. It's really kind of cool because they see like hundreds of interpretations of because like I you know in comics I've seen hundreds of these interpretations of Spider Man. Yeah. But it's really kind of cool to see like what would the like the typical person come up with. Yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting. It's even taking sort of. Rather than just thinking cosplay, it's yeah, like, you know, like people are taking just a concept and running with it. And so, rather than having to go to Comic Con or yeah, yeah, you know, other conventions are available, and seeing people who spend several months putting this stuff together, now you've just got people that are just like, oh, I'll just come up with this <laughs> real quick and put it out there. And so you've got so many just different variants, and it's not. It's not something that people have spent a huge amount of time on, although I'm sure there are yeah. plenty that have one in their back pocket somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's they've really sort of hit the nail on the head, especially with just marketing. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, actually, before we get into the people who are in this, because there's a lot of them, I think a good thing to point out about this is something that I... I've said before, and I'll definitely say it again, that I hate about trailers for films recently is that mm-hmm. they give away way too much. Every trailer I saw for this didn't give away that No, much. no. In fact, it's one of the few times I've ever seen where the trailer... Because like, how, how many people were genuinely excited for this movie before the trailers come out? 
Sony's making their own Spider-Man knockoff film. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was panning this thing. Everyone was like, "No, Sony, please." No, like there that's what, I was one of those like, "Sony, leave it alone." And after watching Venom, I was even more scared. But uh talk about such a good marketing campaign. Yeah. And trailers who like we can't spoil everything, but we need to get people hyped for this. And like they timed them all really really well cuz I love the one trailer they put out where at the end of it, it's like how many other Spider people are? Oh, get ready for Comic Con! And like, literally, it was meant to lead up to Comic Con where they were going to show show their second trailer. Like, they taught that whoever that marketing team was were geniuses for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, and it, first time ever they actually got their act together. Yeah, and then even they had the trailer that pretty much showed you every Spider Man that was in it. Yeah, the, like for the majority of the time. Yeah, and that trailer came out, but it was. You still didn't really know that much. No. You just knew that all these things were there. And then, of course, Spider-Ham turns up. And it's like, oh, well, this film, is, this film is really going there. All right. <laughs> Spider-Pig, isn't I it? I wonder if like this is a trend we're going to start seeing. Because like, remember Infinity War and Deadpool? They put out trailers that were entirely misleading to what we actually saw in the given product. And I think that's gonna. I'm hoping that's the trend we're gonna start going for. Oh, I hope so. Because like that's way you're not getting spoiled. Yeah. And when you go to see the movie, your expectations kind of blow. It's like I I was waiting for that scene and it didn't, didn't pop up. Yeah. Well, I, one of the the best things is that you don't realize that the Spider-Man that you see meeting Miles in the trailer is not the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man we're gonna follow. That we follow. So it's. It was really well done. I had no clue they were going well, that way with well, it. Well, we'll get into it a bit, because uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up with the plot, which I thought was really kind of weird with the marketing, was how they advertised it originally, and then towards when it was coming out and releasing, how they changed the marketing. But that will require me spoiling some of the story. Yeah, so let, let's see. I'm just going to very quickly run down some of the people that are in this, because I need to do this quickly or we're going to be here for ages. So... You have, as Miles Morales, or Spider-Man, Shamik Moore. You have, as Peter B. Parker, or Spider-Man, Jake Johnson. You have, as Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, Chris Pine. You have, as Gwen Stacy, or Spider-Woman, Haley Steinfeld. You have, as Aaron Davis, or Prowler. Actually, a really cool character, I thought. Uh, And it's uh, Marshala Ali. And if you're wondering why that name sounds familiar, he was Cottonmouth in the first oh, yeah. Luke Cage stuff. Um, the, then you had... He lives! He, yes! <laughs> you had uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis, who is Miles' father. Then you had Lily Tomlin as May Parker. And uh, going down, you did have Mary Jane Watson. Uh, Zoe Kravitz mm-hmm. was that. And then as Peter Porker, or Spider-Ham, you had John Mulaney. Uh, as Penny Parker or Spider, basically, you have uh, Kimiko Glenn. I can't wait to explain that character. Yep. As Peter Parker or Spider Man Noir, Nick Cage. Fantastic! <laughs> I love it! <laughs> he finally got to be a superhero, folks. Not an anti hero, like, right, no, he's a full on superhero here. Oh, gosh. And then, uh, as possibly the biggest shock in the entire film. Olivia Liv Octavius, or Dr. Octopus, yeah. as uh, Catherine Hahn. Hmm. So yeah, the, the female Doc Ock in this. And uh, Liev Schreiber as Wilson Fisk. Uh, I did not realize that was him. I really didn't. I didn't realize it was him, but 
So see, oh, we'll, we'll get yeah, it. No, sorry. <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch of other people that just did pieces in it. But what a good cast! Yeah, I mean, solid cast, solid voice acting cast. Like a movie, like you can get a bunch of. I, we've seen it before. You get a voice actor who has big names do these like Disney films, and like they're the yeah. voice actor, and you're like. They're kind of phoning it in. It's like I feel like there was a solid performance out of everyone out of this movie, almost to the quality of like Andrea Romano if she were to do be voice directing the cast. Yeah, I mean it, it was fantastic, and of course uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out. Yes, there was a Stanley cameo in this one, uh, yes. and it uh, was really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean it. Something that obviously. There were t- he wasn't planning on no, having no. the issues that he but, had. But what a perfect was, uh, send-off. Yeah, which, I mean, it's, it's not his final cameo, so there will, no. be, there will be one moving forward, but this was... But, uh, like, for the one. timing and all that, like, I... Yeah, I, mean, I loved it. This one, and he was in the game as well. Oh, the I game. Think. Have you played the game? I have not, but I do know. I've seen it, so... Oh, man, that... <laughs> That by far today is my the one in the Spider Man game is my favorite cameo right. ever yeah. of him. I yeah, solid solid cameos, Stanley. Yes. You will be missed. <laughs> oh man. So so yes. Uh, that is almost every single <laughs> Spider Man and character in this film. Uh, Let's uh, just open the kitchen door and see what else oh. is in there. <laughs> okay, I did not know that. Um hmm. I, okay, I'm just going to spoil it now because I've just read it. So, um, yeah. Oscar, oh, you didn't know the... I, I did not know it. Oh. Oscar Isaac plays uh, Miguel O'Hara or Spider-Man <laughs> 2099, as uh, I'm fairly certain they would say. Dude, this. what a great post credit scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly the best post credit scene I have ever seen in anything. Um, and then Stan Lee voiced the Earth-67 version oh, of J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, J. Jonah Jameson is based on Stan Lee. Yeah. And That's it, even better. And, he, oh. and he's been, he was wishing to portray that character since the 80s because really? it was based on it. So it's the <laughs> only time he was ever able to do it. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I would still, end, was, anytime I see J. Jonah Jameson, I'm always just going to hear J.K. Simmons in my head, though. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. He's, he's like my J. Jonah. Like, yeah, no one else has done it better. No, yeah, he, even if it's Stanley, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> Wait, come back. Yeah, you're on yeah. fire. <laughs> Give him a raise. <laughs> now fire him again. <laughs> oh, right. So, where do you think we should start with this one then? Because we're kind of all over the place to begin I, with. I, let's just talk about what. Should we just go uh, briefly over what the story is? Sure, let's uh, give it a, a real okay. quick. So <laughs> we start off with this movie with uh, young, or not young, uh, young Miles yet. We start off with the movie with a great cinematic intro of Spider-Man, voiced by Chris Pine, mm-hmm. going through why is it awesome to be Spider-Man. <laughs> with like, I love it because this movie really try to capture that comic book feel. And so like, oh, yeah. I love the running gag of, all right, let's do this one more time. Yeah. They open a comic and they just briefly go through his origin, which if you're paying attention to it, and they were very clear uh, in like the directors have all come out and said like they tried to make that Spider-Man that we were watching in the beginning to be the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I heard that one. And they actually tried to get Tobey Maguire to voice him originally, but I'm so glad that fell through because yeah, yeah. Chris Pine, 
I would love to listen to Chris Pine again. Like he was really good as Spider Man. Yeah, I really <laughs> bought his inflection and like, like Peter Peter Parker is such a quippy man, uh, but he has to. You really have to sell it. Yeah. And Chris Pine, I would never have guessed like selling it as the way he did, but. We're introduced to him through the story as he's explaining, like, I'm Spider-Man, and I'm the best guy there is. And then we do a hard cut over to Miles, who's just kind of getting ready to go to school, uh, which was, you know, if you're... I don't think that do those type of schools exist in America. Like, this, what you were saying with him getting ready to go to school, and he stays at school? And uh, I'm sure boarding schools exist. They must do. Because to me, like, I watched that because uh, in the comics, that's what happened to him. Is like he won a lottery and got to go to this really prestigious school right. because schools, like, his world was destroyed. And, like, there was very few schools that were accepting kids, and he got to go to this school. So that's even, like, that's a perfect portrayal of the comics and in the movie is his dad's really forced him, like, you really need to make this school work. Yeah. Because, like, you're, you need to have this. Uh, this is your chance to live a better life, not to meet the mistakes of our, my family, you know. Because yeah. you see that ongoing dynamic. Uh, so, jumping ahead again, sorry. Uh, so you see Miles getting going to school. He's really getting the hang of like catching up with his old crowd, his old inmates, slamming his tags, and then his dad catches him. Yeah, <laughs> he drives him off to school, which leads to that fantastic uh, scene with him and his dad oh, yeah, in that, front of the school. Yeah, the one that I think it was in the first trailer. Oh, yeah. and, that, and that was the point where I was like, I'm going to see this film. It's <laughs> it still... Just that trailer. It, it's still... It's so, it, it's so cheesy. But the fact that they just were able to do that, and that very quick back and forth oh, yeah. that they had, and it was exactly as you saw it in the But film. it's like how you expect a family to act. Yeah. I love that even on the mom, like, he's just like, in a minute, in a minute, and he's about to walk out the door, and the mom's like giving him kisses, in a minute, <laughs> like holding him up. It's really cute. I really love that dynamic you saw with the two parents. Like, it it seemed genuine. It seemed really lighthearted and friendly. Yeah. And so he gets to school, and then when he gets to school, we start to see that he's really kind of an outcast. Yeah, um, that doesn't really fit in with that crowd. So you see him kind of come to terms with that. And at the end of the day, he's like, "I just need a break." So he goes to see his uncle. His uncle's like, "Let's go burn off some steam." This is the uncle, by the way, that has a bit of a shady past as you get to know him a little bit more but he's that fun uncle everyone has that fun uncle that you go to see or fun aunt so he helps him to go take off some steam and then while they're there he gets bit by a spider and then we keep following the story where further shenanigans unfold where boom Spider-Man dies boom now there's a bunch of Spider-Man boom now he's having to solve the multiverse problem boom they have to have all these inner monologues between the characters and then boom big climactic final fight boom yeah it, it pretty much is non-stop from when the other Spider-Man turn up to the end. Yes. <laughs> there's no... There's not a lot of downtime other than well, absolutely I, essential. I want to ask you this, points. though, because I've heard a lot of people talk about this uh, who have seen the movie. They keep saying, like, the movie is so well-paced at the... At just, like, it's kind of slow at the beginning, but then when it's going, it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And they keep saying that they would love to have seen, like, just another ten minutes. Like, the movie just need another 10 minutes to really kind of wrap everything up or to close out some stuff. I don't know if I, how I feel about that, because I feel like the movie is really well-paced to a point where, like, everything is moving so quick that you really don't have a second to breathe. No. The, the only thing that I would have liked more of, uh, and it's kind of weird to say, is I would have liked just a little bit more of both the 
Noir Spider-Man mm, yeah. and the anime Spider-Girl. Penny Parker. Just, just kind of kind of figuring out what what's the deal what, what the deal is with this dimension and sort of trying to fit in i know they're not trying to do that mm-hmm. but i would have just liked to see more of their interaction with this dimension. i can really i could get behind that see like for me i can i can move past it because i'm so familiar with the characters but i get for the general audience they're not familiar with those characters <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the you had to really go off of like the one one trope of them yeah which is spider-man is just over, overly um, yeah. Warish. I mean, yeah, he's over bubbly. It was so close to Spider Cop. <laughs> <laughs> he was so close I to really, that. <laughs> uh, what's even better for so for those of you who have not played a Spider-Man game, but Paul and I are referring to in the Spider-Man 2018 game, there is a running gag of Peter keep trying to joke with the cop about, "Can I become Spider Cop?" <laughs> and for me, I had a really funny moment in comics because there's this comic going on called Edge of Spider-Geddon mm-hmm. where they're bringing all the Spider-Men in and they're looking at a screen and like there really is an image of Spider-Cop. Yeah, it's, and, it's Spider-Man uh, in with the mask on with a police hat yeah. and a moustache over the mask. Yes, <laughs> and you see Peter goes, my life is fulfilled. Yeah, yeah he just goes, there is a Spider-Cop. You have no idea how happy this makes me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, and it's kind yeah, imagine the way everyone wants Deadpool to continue on the Stanley cameo in the Deadpool suit, but with the Stanley mustache and the sunglasses, like that—that's <laughs> the Spider Cop right there. So. Well, I, so so Spider Noir though, he is kind of like just imagine if he was Batman, but but not jokey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Batman with a sense of humor. <laughs> Batman with a sense of humor and just kind of like. He's really deadpan. Yeah. <laughs> and what what perfect casting with Nick Cage though. Yeah, I, I so it was so weird. I I didn't know that Nick Cage was in this until about I... two weeks before I went to see it. And I was like, Nick Cage <laughs> Okay. Like I mean fair enough that it voice he's not physically there doing it. No, but like odd. I feel like he's really commanding that whole idea of like I'm really cheesy right oh, now, yeah. but like I'm super serious about my cheese, almost to the point like Adam West cheesiness. Pretty much, uh, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. The yeah Adam West cheesiness, but without the like, without the Adam West. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a different type of cheese, but it's yeah. a great cheese. <laughs> yeah, because I love the whole Rubik's cube gag. Wait. What color is it? It's red. I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, of course, yeah, possibly my favorite just little moment in the entire thing is when he is leaving and he's just like, I'm taking this with, with me. me. <laughs> like, no, I so don't we... understand it, but I want to. I want to. <laughs> and I love the end credit scenes. Like, you saw like what he does with it. He, like, turns it into a marketing campaign. Yeah, but... The cube. <laughs> but he finishes it. He did. He did finish it. He somehow finishes it. <laughs> no, but it's so weird. Like, so you talk about, like, we need more time. He was one of the characters I was really thrown for a loop because he just says, I love you all, and I'm taking this cube. Like, that's a weird thing to transition yeah. on. Like, I didn't feel like you build up that enough of a relationship with them to, like, I love you all. Yeah. Like, there's cheesiness. I would have expected that from the pig, yeah. not from him. <laughs> yes, no, it's the uh, Spider-Ham. I mean, John, John Mulaney <laughs> was a phenomenal choice for Spider-Ham. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how familiar people are with his stand-up, but 
check out his stand-up. Uh, oh, did you see like uh, when he did an interview for the movie? Like he's doing a bunch of like so they re- he has a bunch of his recordings, but he's like really raunchy with them. Oh yeah, well <laughs> so he posts them all, and they're really funny. I think, well, yeah, he's a comedian. I mean, it, yeah. he uh, the, one of one of my favorite things from one of his stand-ups is where he talks about uh, how when he was growing up, you know, he had a, a babysitter. And so, you know, he was 11 and he had this babysitter. And in his head, she was 20, 21. And he finds out when he was older that when he was 11, she was 14. And he said, that's like getting a horse to look after your dogs. And you're aware, just like, okay, well, the, you know, the doctor number is on the fridge and the food is in there and you're a horse <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the energy that he ended up bringing into this day he just died i mean he is in a cartoon film he is a cartoon yes <laughs> so a lot I love the liberties they took with it. They really went with the Looney Tunes vibe for him. Oh, yeah. Well, he had the giant mallet. <laughs> the mallet, but like even like right before he leaves, that's a whole folks. And I love yeah. that they, even like like almost to the audience, can he say that? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, uh, and when he gave the mallet to them, it's like, it fits in your pocket. pocket. But, and then you don't see them do anything with it. I was I was kind of hoping they would try and put but it in their pocket his, and it wouldn't work. But you see his anvil, anvil again, even in Miles' fight. Yes. <laughs> I love that they, like, the, they introduced the anvil and like it actually comes back up and <laughs> just like just swipe around. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, all of these different Spider-Men, Spider-Women, Spider-whatever you want to, to go with it, I... I thought it might be difficult to follow and for it, a movie with this much of an wasn't. ensemble. Like they, so like here's the so this is where I'll lean into these characters. So like each of these characters for me, like I have an established story in my mind who they are. Yeah. Because in the comics, like Miles has his own distinct origin. He like they allude to in the movie. He's from a different universe where Spider-Man dies, but his origin is like he really did see Spider-Man die and he didn't step in to help him. So he has to come to terms with living in this world and try to take up the mantle. And he's hated for it. Right. Just hated. And like he became just a standout character that he got put into the 616 universe. Yeah. And uh, do, does he have, in the comic, does he have the powers that this Miles has? Yeah. Okay. So he has... So Brian Michael Bendis uh, created him initially so that he has uh, invisibility and he has this Venom Blast. Right. He never so the, the the web shooters is actually really kind of cool to his story because in the comics he doesn't get them from his universe Spider-Man like his universe Spider-Man is dead and no one knows how to recreate them right so they actually have a crossover where he meets the real Spider-Man like the Spider-Man and <laughs> as a gift he gives them the web shooters like to show like a Spider-Man approves of him saying hey kid you're a good Spider-Man take the take the, the iconic thing the web shooters yeah and then he's like officially Spider-Man of that universe so it was a really cool moment in comics yeah that would be cool and, and can, uh, oh sorry no, I was gonna say I, I can see that they kind of had that mm-hmm. in this with uh, the Aunt May yes and it was it was kind of cool that they did it that way and that they also didn't lean into what the the first the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film did where he just naturally somehow had that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I never fully understood how that was supposed to work. And it, it is interesting because I didn't read the comics uh, at all before 
seen those films so it was like oh okay like is this what he's like in there and then going back and revisiting the the cartoon series and checking out some of the comics and flipping through those so yeah it, oh yeah this is kind of unique yeah <laughs> they did that no it's really so I really am shocked at how accurate they got each of those characters and how little time they did like Spire Gwen she literally was introduced in 2014 yeah <laughs> she is really really new she has an ongoing comic right now she actually just got renamed to Ghost Spider but the story they portrayed it that's her story like she, she in her universe, she gets the spider powers. Peter Parker is like her friend, and he gets really jealous of her. So he takes the lizard formula and then dies from it. Right. And so like she really does become a recluse in her universe. Right. So they they were following all of the comics, which is fantastic to hear. The only two characters. So the only two characters that were not accurate, but I'm perfectly okay with because there's such little material on them. Yes. Is Spider Noir. Because he really is just a grumpy asshole. <laughs> He's just a grumpy man in his comic. Right. Because, like, he really is from, like, the 1930s. And, like, his whole origin is, like, he's living through the Great Depression. And he is just pissed. <laughs> he's just angry at the world. And he's just trying to beat criminals. Right. This one, they're like, we probably can't do that with a kid movie. <laughs> right. They're like, okay, it would be fun to have that guy dumped into but, this. But it would be fun for two minutes. So. Would, but I like what they did. So I was like, I'm okay with this. They tweaked him in a way that I like him still. He's still the character I know, but it, they cheesed it up a little bit. Yeah. Penny Parker was a huge deviation because she literally only has two comics. Ah. There are literally only two comics so they that she's ever appeared in. They really could kind of do what they wanted. They could do whatever the hell they want. But here's the thing that's weird about it. So she was created by uh, the guy from My Chemical Romance, uh, the yeah. lead singer. He, cre- he created her. Okay. Yeah, that's weird, weird to think about. But the way he created the comic, it's meant to be an Evangelion knockoff. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you saw him with the spider. Right. Yeah. So, like, the, her whole character is meant to be, like, an Evangelion, like, like uh, inspired. So, right. it was... So, like, whether they went with her character, I was okay with, because, like, like, in her comic, she's really, really depressing. But, like, likable... Likeable, yeah. just given that she's living in a very dotrotted world and all that. <laughs> but it's just so funny, like two comics, and we're gonna make her a limelight character. Like, <laughs> wow, really? Which, like, if you ever see her actual, um, what she looks like in the comics, her the mech looks totally different. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, they they literally made her an anime Spider Spider Man. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure they were just going visuals up, which. Trying to show Paul what he look. That's what Spider looks like. Okay, you can see the Ava Evangelion. Knockout. Oh yeah, definitely. So I'm okay with the redesign of of the of the oh, character. Yeah. yeah, well, I I think that uh, yeah. Speaking of the design and stuff, so what what did you feel about the animation style of this film? I think it's phenomenal. I know <laughs> so much praise has been lauded on this movie for its animation style, but it really is. I don't think there's anything out there with this type of style. Not specifically this, no. And, it, and, and if you really, really look closely, because I've seen it twice, if you look closely, even when it gets blurry, it's got a bunch of those little dots like in old school comics. Yeah, but... Full on, not not just cell shaded, but mm-hmm. they've actually gone and put the original comic style into it. Especially yeah. 
when they glitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the really cool. It's super <laughs> cool to watch. I think it's it's benefits only for that. Yeah. The only downside to it is like when they're out of focus, it really this is where my only problem with the movie was visually wise is that when it does like uh, like when you're not focused on one of these other characters and they're fighting in the background, I feel like I'm watching like a 3D movie without the glasses on. Okay. Because like it really kind of like stands off and looks really odd to me, <laughs> and I'm like really annoyed because like why can't I see it? It's like out of focus. I think I need to put on some 3D glasses to see it. <laughs> I I can kind of see what you're what you're getting at there. I mean, I I would liken it to uh, when you're okay. Let's go with. Uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah. So there are a couple of stages in that where you can be fighting, and in the background you can see another stage with people fighting on it. Yeah. Kind of like that, where it's like, okay, there's something over there. I can't really make out. Well, what we can that test is. right now. I have Super Smash in the car. Oh, there we go. <laughs> just bring that on out. So it'll be excellent for an audio podcast. Uh, look at this! Yeah. Ooh, we, yeah. See, we this were just is exactly compared, what we were talking about. We were just about. looking up images of Penny Park. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I mean, it, it's this thing where I I saw the style from the original trailer, obviously, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this is something I can really get behind. I really enjoy this style. Again, the marketing. And then the next trailer came out, and I was like, Okay, yeah, so th- this is the style. Like this, they're sticking with it. And then I was a little worried that what might be happening was we'd have this style to begin with. And then when the other Spider Man came in, or I, I didn't know, or this Spider Man went to the other universe, or whatever, they would change the style uh, of the film to fit something else. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I really didn't want the style to change from what I saw in the trailer. And with the exception of. Clearly, the style of the Spider-Men themselves—they mm-hmm. didn't change it at all. No. And it would. Not only is it fantastic, if this thing doesn't win an Oscar for something, it, it needs to win. <laughs> I don't know if it needs to win uh, for our screenwriter, but visually, it needs to win some accolades. Yeah, it's gonna have something. or be acknowledged. It needs to have something at the end of the year. It's just... Whoever came up with the idea of we need to make this stand out. <laughs> Was a genius. Yeah, I mean, it, and not only that, I am a hugely impressed that this is, this film visually, story wise, and all that. It's all PG. Yep, that's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, and even you have a character brutally murdered. Murder? Another character like, chest caved in. Yeah, like, and obviously you don't see specifically no. the chest caved in, but you see it happen, and you also see him shoot another guy in the back mm-hmm. like you don't really see blood or anything like that but you you know it's happened and the guy dies like it, it's really well done that they were able to do that and I know that maybe in other countries this film could be a 12 rather than a PG or yeah. 12A rather than a PG uh, just because Violence is, especially in America, violence is typically seen as more okay and easier to deal with than other things. So this yeah. film might have got a higher rating just because someone does just slam their fist into another character and kills them outright. <laughs> like you know, not exactly ideal. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, this well, this film was 
something it did something that you really don't see very often and i don't know if it was because they did it in animation so they had full control over literally everything you see i hope they did and like it could just be that they were able to just go you know what we are going to make this accessible to literally anyone <laughs> like we want to make sure that this gets to everyone and that everyone will enjoy it that enjoys animated films i happen to know at least one person that will not watch animated stuff because it's not real that is their defense for that which isn't a defense but anyway i bet you could convince her this is a really good one no yes i i think this this is like anyone who says like they're burned out on comic books or burnout (laughs) i think this is the perfect way to revitalize that it spark of like this is what you can do with yeah and i it's a fresh break from like the live action stuff yeah and well that's actually something i was going to to ask you about because this film one of the reasons i liked it so much like regardless of the fact that i don't i don't own comic books Mm -hmm. i enjoy reading them but i don't own them myself i don't have a the money or b the space to put them anywhere uh, that's why but, you buy digital, like I do. <laughs> yes, well, come back to the money for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yes, when it comes to this film, one of the reasons I liked it so, so much was that it looked exactly like a comic book. And that's kind of what I wanted originally mm-hmm. from comic book films, which is actually one of the reasons why I actually enjoy watching Hulk. Most people oh, the hate first that one. Yes, the Ang Lee Hulk. I enjoy watching it because, despite the fact that it is not good, despite the fact that they took giant liberties with some of the characters, there's a giant looks, pink Hulk poodle. Yes, there is. But it looks like a comic book at times. I would argue it tries to. I will give you that. <laughs> I've seen the movie. I will give you credit that they did try it. They tried, and that's what I appreciate for mm-hmm. it. I also didn't mind Eric Banner as Bruce Banner. Uh, not just because the name worked, but <laughs> no, no. You know, I, I kind of enjoyed seeing him as Bruce Banner. I didn't enjoy Edward Norton, for instance, in The Incredible Hulk. So, uh, nothing against Edward Norton because I've seen him in fantastic roles, but I just didn't buy his Bruce Banner. Uh, so, now, they did Hulk better in The Incredible Hulk than they did in Hulk, but Bruce Banner was better. It's the same thing I have with uh, the Spider-Man before you, <laughs> um, before you have Tom Holland. Yeah. Which is that uh, Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield is a fantastic Spider-Man but yes. they are not good the other way around so no I would argue uh, do you have, in do you my opinion vice versa yeah that, as in that Tobey Maguire was a great Toby Spider-Man Mag- no yeah. I, I think that uh, Tobey Maguire did better as I, I believed him more as Peter Parker at least based on my recollection of watching the okay. show and stuff growing up but Andrew Garfield nailed the fast-talking Spider-Man. Yeah. I would just feel like he, he captured the personality. Spy- I don't yeah. know. The, the two films are so diametrically different. Oh, they but are. Each, <laughs> each capture an essence of Spider-Man that people kind of got attached to. And in this movie, they figured out the equation somehow. <laughs> yes. Because, like, the original Spider-Man, like, that was people's first introduction to him. So, like, it had to be the origin. It had to bring us to the understanding of who the character was. 
where it ended is a different matter. But, but <laughs> granted, it was successful in introducing us to a character that no one had an understanding of. And then the second one's like, okay, we know this character. Let's flesh him out a bit more. What have we not seen? We haven't seen him be what we understand in comics, which is he's quippy. He's funny. He's relational. Like, he's very interpersonal with people. Like, he's not a standoffish dude crying in a corner all the time. Yeah. No. He's very... Like, I love that whole scene with him and the, oh, no, I'm not a knife, my weakness. Like, yeah. he's he's great in that. The rest... The, the I would still say, you could probably agree with me, that Andrew Garfield was actually a really good actor. The actors were great in those movies. They're just terrible movies. Yes, no, they are. I, I've actually still not watched all of the second Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. And I don't want to. No. Uh, I I appreciate what they ended up doing with Gwen Stacy. I appreciated the fact that they actually went I like the chemistry of those two characters. That. Those two characters are phenomenal. Yeah, despite the fact that Gwen Stacy yells out Peter's name in front of oh, all really? of the NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a thousand people named Peter. Like, they're not going to name... Yeah. But also... When Stacy yelling out her boyfriend's name <sighs> when Spider-Man is swinging away. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen there. Apparently, everybody <laughs> in the NYPD is a complete idiot. Um, and that is only in that film. I'm not actually saying that about any member of the NYPD. I want yeah. to make that doubly clear. But yeah, this film, I really, really enjoyed the way that they were able to... Like, they were able to take all of these characters that were like they're effectively they're all Spider-Man like yes. we know that we've seen so many other iterations of it but as you said the fact that there were so many of them together and yet they were so they were obviously so clear who was who but they were all so different that they all had their own like little moments and stuff yeah. like that and it never got dull no it was <laughs> I, but I think that's just due to the pacing they, exactly. I, I think it was a great idea, story-wise, to make him play off of a bitter Parker. Yes. I think that was brilliant. Because, like, that, that's why I got confused by the trailers. Like, the trailers make it out to be, like, Peter's, like, really on for, like, taking him on. And this movie is like, I do not want to deal with a child. <laughs> I do not want to deal with this. I'm bitter. I'm jaded. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Which is, like, the part... So, like, that's... Someone said it best... The two Parkers we got are like the two embodiments of what Peter is in comics. He really is this happy-go-lucky dude who can just do anything and will always get back up. But there is that, like, he has just got the worst luck anyone has ever had on the planet. Oh, yeah. I broke my back. I lost my marriage. And I think it was like this. And not only that, I love that he was the chubby Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's just kind of giving up on himself a little bit. Well, like, it's a lot. It's playfully picking fun at a character that we love oh yeah well and there's but still giving them reverence well there's the other aspect of it as well which is that it appears that some spider-man mythos has it that from the second he'd bitten anything that would be considered wrong with him is fixed so Mm -hmm. his eyesight's better and he's also just kind of in shape yeah like just cause but that's not the case across all of these Spider-Man yeah. and, and it's clearly not the case with him. No. Because <laughs> he's put on the pounds a little bit. With the pizzas. <laughs> yeah. And and yet, like, when he's he's just eating the burger and you got that thing, you're like, yeah, this place oh. shut down six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, and it was... I think the most interesting thing as well is that... And it doesn't 
quite makes sense if you follow the general understanding of alternate dimensions is that they're all they're all running at the same time as now mm -hmm. so they're present as up and now maybe maybe the year is slightly different but effectively you now is the same age as you and all the other dimensions whereas the the peter parker that we get for like the main alternate peter parker yeah. Is what twenty years older than Miles? Yeah, because <laughs> like, I think the first Parker we meet is twenty six, and then the next Parker we meet, I think he's thirty three. I think they say that they definitely imply that he's in his mid thirties. Yeah, and he uh, he's definitely he's definitely older than the Parker from from this the, from this dimension, but, and then he is way older than, but that's uh, not it's not uncommon for a different universe like this is me reading comics for yeah, years well, different okay. universes like I mean Spider Noir he's in his 30s yeah but he's, like, that's he's how also he in the 30s <laughs> true so like true so I I would at least if I were going to attempt to kind of come up with a logic of it uh, in terms of general multiverse theory would be that in his dimension now is the 30s so it's like yeah. so that's how that but then Spider-Gwen's yeah, Spider 16 Miles is 15 yeah well that's the thing Miles isn't Spider-Man so the issue I had there wasn't that him and Peter Parker were different uh, okay, ages it was, I, I, mean, I it hear was you on um, your logic on it yeah I mean yeah that, that's the thing if my if my problem was the fact that Miles Morales wasn't the same age as Peter no, Parker no. <laughs> that would be a bit odd no I get I get your your thing uh, but yeah but that's the thing I didn't actually mind it really i mean no. he, he needed someone that was that much older and jaded to come around to it and it helped create the tension obviously yeah yeah uh, it's actually so to bring in all five characters it's kind of funny how they each had an arc yeah <laughs> even if it's so brief it was an arc that they each went on i would say argue the the, the main characters are gwen miles and peter yeah peter b parker peter b parker yeah, definitely. They are quite clearly the the ones at the front, and the other the other two are just uh, for yeah, the tag along. Yeah, the other three are just kind of uh, there in the background, and they but they, I mean, they, they do they add great stuff to the, the material. I think they're they're meant to just add stuff to the background to make these characters stand out more. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it just helped to show how they're all different. And I did enjoy uh, right towards the end when they're all starting to glitch when they're all trying to swing in and all that and it's like nope slam <laughs> like oh okay yeah this is clearly getting worse for that and they it did kind of feel like it fell by the wayside a little bit when they mentioned that the longer they'd be in this universe the more this stuff would happen yeah and then it was like well it's not really happening that, that much. often <laughs> it's just happening like it's just it happens when it's convenient for the plot yeah yeah I do love but they do do totally the opposite well. of plot armor yeah, kind of the, but it at. is funny how they time it. Like I love that scene where like, after the interrogation scene with him, Miles, like he's about to swing off and falls right on his face. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm in pain. Yeah, and they, well, and that's another thing as well. You you wouldn't have been able to do it with live action. Mm -hmm. That scene where the two of them are going up and down on the other walls, and he's just walking out to say, "Nope, nope." But it's <laughs> so beautifully done. I felt. Yeah. I really like that scene because it's something you that, that to me is like straight out of a comic book. I, I would see two characters just fighting on the, or just talking on the side of a building. Like that's what yeah. Spe 
Peter does. Yeah. But for me, like, it, they use this, like, unique angling of that thing. Like, these guys are staying sideways, and I love it because you see that there's a guy in his apartment and just these two people hanging sideways on his place. He's like, oh, boy. And he walks away. <laughs> like, clearly, like, acknowledge, like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Man. I had it. It was fun just to see them doing all that. And it also interesting, I, I looked up uh, like Spider-Gwen, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that she has slightly different abilities. So original Spider-Man can effectively stick to any surface with any part of him. Yeah. But Spider-Woman, or Spider-Gwen, or whoever you want to refer to her as, she can only stick to things using her hands and feet. And that is it. And if you actually if you watching this film, like it follows that, like she yeah. does only stick to stuff using the hands and feet. And yep. So it's kind of fun, and I kind of wish they hadn't spoiled one of the funnier moments in the trailer because it would have been way funnier in the cinema, which is when all of them are up on the up on the, on ceilings the ceiling. Yeah, that would have been way funnier if like I don't want to freak them out, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do animals talk in this dimension? <laughs> See, for me, I actually got annoyed at that scene because that's when you introduce Genki. Yeah. <laughs> so Genki, to me, is like, he's meant to be Miles' best friend in the comics. Right. And Genki's like the guy who helps him create spiderwebs. Like, in the Homecoming movie, uh, his buddy in that, yeah. that's basically Genki. Okay. <laughs> so, like, to me, when I saw Genki come up, I'm like, it's Genki! And they're like, oh, we're just going to make him freak out. I'm like, oh, that sucks. So, like, I love Genki because he's just so funny. And, like, oh, he's, just, he's here, guys, but we're not going to focus on him. Which, again, it was smart. They really tried to focus in on the characters that we were already following. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, it was um, it was one thing that, again, it probably helped with pacing. Like, they, they yeah. had him kind of freak out and, you know, faint, which is what everyone does. And they put him to bed. And he didn't ever seem to bring it up at any point no. after that. He just no. kind of woke up and then rolled over and went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, complete denial. I get it. I had to, so we're talking about like the different scenes in the movie. I love when Miles is getting his powers. Yeah, and he just straight up freaks out and like some reason loses all of his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I imagine. Like if you were to wake up one day with powers like he did. You would just have the worst day possible. Rips a girl's hair out, stuck to, somehow naked yeah. on the side of a building. It's like, what the hell is happening to me? Yeah. Well, and then of course when they they straight up pay attention to it and say like, yeah, this is exactly what Peter went through, and he's listening to that the comic book. It's a comic sticking to his hands. Keep yeah. why is it sticking? It was kind of cool, I, and I liked how they didn't really end up having him have any real control over him no. until the very end like when he finally was able to come to terms with what he'd been dealing with well that with. was his whole character arc like exactly. in the movie every single thing that he ever faced he ran from mm-hmm. and I thought that was like I someone had to point this out to me I was like oh I really like the movie but I don't know why I liked it and someone pointed out to me the reason you really got hooked on the Miles is because he was always running from his problems. Even when like they people were giving him the help he needed and he wanted that role, he always ran. Yeah. Even when his uncle died, he ran. And it wasn't until the end when he had to take the leap of faith to be Spider-Man that he actually started to understand who he was. Yeah, and it, it was so cool that they they had that sort of arc in it because there's 
you've seen it in other Spider-Man films where you know he gets the powers, and then two days later he has full control of all of his powers. Whereas this, Spider-Man, it's a believable amount of time that like yeah he he's gonna not do this well. Yeah, and and of course the bit where he's just stuck on the light, he's just like, how do you relax? And he just starts singing. Singing like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's a great scene like for the, the the Octavius reveal. Yeah, I love it. Like you said, they didn't reveal that when she revealed who that was. I was stunned. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, I love this. Well, and you'd seen her earlier. Yeah, as well, just they established this, her in the universe as a scientist, and it didn't. They didn't say her name at no, all. No, so there was not. You didn't even end up him walking in. You hear Vius or something, as you mm-hmm. might in some other things. So it was really cool. And then. Yeah, just having her be fascinated. I was like, oh, there's this other Spider-Man thing. Okay, yeah. And then Sisman Chair is like, oh, that's going to be really painful. Can't wait to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what? Ooh, this is interesting. Where's this going? And then, of course, she is. Dough. Miles the whole time. <laughs> yeah. What's the number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you don't look a day over 35. 35. <laughs> I don't know. I just love the quippiness of this movie. It. That's I think the writing was spot on for this movie. And any given yeah. dialogue between characters, it would have been believable between the personality and the, the character type that they were. Yeah, and it, the screenplay was by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman, and it was the story is by Phil Lord. So, do you know what other things that he's done? I do not. I was about so to he's read. done both Cloudy with Meatball movies, and the other one, which is a big fame to his name, is the Lego Movie. Oh, okay. So, I, I mean, that's someone that knows how to write quirky characters. Yes. So that that helps. I think that I think uh, I I wonder if this is just a super weird accident that Sony stumbled upon. I think they were really pushing because, like, the, when they announced this, this movie hasn't been in development very long. No, kind of been. No. So, like, I really think Sony was really kind of just like pushing this out. And it went through like a few directors, and what we got was what was left. But it turned out to be a pretty good project because people put so much heart and life into it. This could have been an absolute failure. There was so much in this that could have wrecked a franchise. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this could have just destroyed them. Now I worry for Sony now because Sony's like. We're riding high. Let's make more Venom movies. We're going to do a Spider-Woman movie. And we're going to do a sequel to this movie. I'm like, oh no, Sony, you've learned the wrong... You've learned the wrong thing. I genuinely don't know. I was going to ask you about this. I genuinely don't know what a sequel to this film could be. I think you could do a few... So I think... uh, Maybe... I, I mean, the idea that I kind of thought of is rather than doing a sequel to this film... Do films along the other collaborative comic lines, so yes. like the uh, the Spider Geddon thing that's going on, and that sort of like just just do one-off films on those in this kind of style because you know, it'll work better yeah. rather than okay, we're going to come back to Miles five years later. Yeah, like, no, we don't want to come back to Miles I, five years later. There's so much potential because I think this is a great movie. To build off a franchise, like you could make a spin-off of any of these characters, and people are now interested and invested. There is good principal down payment now for us. Like we've seen these characters, we liked them, we would like to see more of them. Oh, you know, you know what I want then? I don't want any more films spin-offs or anything like that. I want 
short TV shows. Well, here's what I think you could do. This would be my, if I were, like, if I were at Sony and, like, I got this movie that was fresh on the plate to me. Here's what I would have done. Okay. You have to make a Peter Porker cartoon. Yeah. Because you can easily do whatever the hell you want with it, and you're not going to offend anyone, and you're going to have a kid's base that's going to dig it. And if you're funny enough with it, you might attract a few adults with it. You can spin that off. I think Spider-Noir, you can't do anything with him. I think what you do with him is any movie you create now going forward, he's just a short like mini videos that you show. Like him doing something weird, like solving the great mystery of the milkshake. (laughs) <laughs> stuff like that like stupid noir little stories but it's like have a campiness to it yeah. and then the last one that you bring out mm-hmm. is showing him trying to end up you know solving the Rubik's Cube and, yeah. it, and it turns out he, someone else solves it yeah <laughs> he, he doesn't solve Peter it Peter Porker pops in like dude yeah. seriously there fine go <laughs> I I will think you I don't know Penny Parker could do, carry her own movie because there's such you could because she has unlimited story potential because no one's written for her. Yeah. She has two comics to her name. So, like, you can't ask for a bigger blank slate than that. But I think you could either do a movie with her or I think you'd do another spinoff show with her. Yeah, I know. She I mean, has untapped potential. It, I mean, it would, have, it would have to be an anime-style thing if yeah. you were going to go down that route. Uh, I mean... Hell, maybe she somehow ends up running into Ruby. Like, there you go. Some, somehow like, they clash. Rooster yeah. teeth, get on that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, personally, I uh, I was thinking of it, and I was like, you know, as much as I enjoyed the character and where it could go, I'm fine with not seeing her again, just because... What, Penny? Yeah, because I don't know... I mean, I'd, I'd happily read the comics, but I don't know if bringing her back, I don't know if she would work perfectly not as part of this ensemble yeah. and diving too far into it. I would agree. Uh, uh, like, you know, now, I am interested in uh, uh, going to see uh, Battle Angel Leader. Really? <laughs> Based on, <laughs> on the trailers. And so uh, I might see that as a spiritual successor, even though it's not in the slightest. No, uh, that looks so... <laughs> Anything that, that CGI-ish, I can't get behind. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, I, I saw the first... With live action. I saw the first trailer for it and uh, Christoph Waltz is in it that's what it's a tick and then it just felt like I was watching an anime fight mm-hmm. when that was going on and I have seen a few live action animes that do not hold up to the potential of that Good so <laughs> I didn't say it <laughs> I wanted to but I didn't say it um, <laughs> but yeah so I did it looked like something that will actually be more faithful than most things I've seen in the past. So I'm, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic, especially given who's behind it. So. You know what this gets me excited for going forward? I do not. What is this? <laughs> this really opens the door to like the widestream media. Like we've had, there's a huge been like comic book media is at an all time high. Oh yeah, like it's I'm, at an all time high. But it's really been catered more to the adult crowd. Kids happen yeah. just to be a byproduct. Like, I love Captain America. I love it. This is the first one I could generally say I could give to any kid at any age. Yeah, okay. And you can build a whole new generation of kids of understanding why is Peter Parker cool? Why is Spider-Man cool? Why? Not only that, I love what it did for the culture as a whole. Yeah. Because... I, I'm not kidding when I say this. There are so many African-American kids that get excited to see a black Spider-Man. Yeah. 
And I think that's amazing because it to be as a comic reader for the past like five six years, it really is a bunch of white guys. <laughs> There's a ton of white characters that um, no one can really get like they can't see themselves as. Yeah. And that was the, that was what made Marvel famous in the beginning was Stanley wrote characters that you can kind of get behind. Spider Man was the first kid superhero. He wasn't a sidekick. He was a superhero who had to struggle with real life issues. Not having parents, his aunts are raising him. His uncle is dead. You know that's real life. Fantastic Four was this family that got together and they made it work, even though they fought with each other all the time. The X Men were characters who experienced segregation, but they were all white. So, like for me, it's cool to see Miles have such a huge impact on the culture this way. To yeah. like, this is my Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, what you just pull? You pull up Stag Shock. I did. Uh, so yeah, I was going to say this is something that I saw ages ago, and it's kind of what you're talking about, and it's from the show. And it's uh, saying, "I never knew how important it would be to me the role model like you." And it's, uh, it's a black superhero there saying role model, and he said, "Yeah, black superhero." I don't know. It validates me somehow. And he said, "Heroes come in every color, my friend." And he said, "I know, but it's just that sometimes I wish there was a black superhero back home for folks to look up to." Yeah. And it's like that. Which Static is a great one. I yeah. love Static. And so it was, as you were talking, it was like that what popped into my head. And it's like, yeah, this is something that, that, you know, pretty much every iteration was a white guy. Almost every single iteration of every popular uh, superhero recently, with the exception of Black Panther, mm-hmm. has been white. And, and you saw how big an effect it had on the culture for a Black Panther. Yeah. Like, so, it had a huge impact. So it, it's something that... I think will be good moving forward because I'm sure there's still that slight stigma despite the fact that I like to think that the majority of people at this point in time are perfectly fine with whatever is it oh so someone from Asian descent is a superhero okay sure yeah because why not yeah Uh, yeah but the problem is that the people that are in charge of all this sort of stuff have until very recently been older people who are probably like well I wouldn't necessarily want to see that so I'm not gonna green like that yeah. and now they're being replaced by people who are just like well that's stupid yeah. <laughs> and they're moving ahead with this so I do like that we're going to moving forward only get more diverse stuff and that will open up possible storylines that we wouldn't see if it was just a, a white centered yeah, person so it, really cool I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up and I I say that as a middle class white person yeah, myself. I know. Like, <laughs> for me yeah. it's just really cool to see people find themselves on the screen yeah because like in comics there's always like in the past like 10 years there's been this huge push for, for diversity characters yeah. and a lot of people are really getting excited like they get these characters like right now there's a Korean Hulk that people are <laughs> Amadeus Cho is the Hulk and people are kind of getting behind that there's a black Iron Man now, Rory Williams. People are getting behind it. And it's for cool for me to see, like, I've seen this kind of happening in the comics that people are finding the characters that they can latch onto. That's their character. Yeah. Like, for me, my character's always going to be X-23 and Miles. Like, those are the two characters that really got me in the comics. Right. And to see characters like Miles come to the big screen, like, I won't even lie, Miles was my first character I got hooked onto. Like, he was, like, him and X-23 are so t- attached to me that when I saw them faithfully portrayed on the screen, I did cry. <laughs> I, there was, there was, I don't know, uh, it was a scene where 
that that beautiful scene where Miles jumps off the building and it and the takes the leap. Of I started crying because like this is him coming into his own. Like he became Spider Man, and it was such a cool moment for me to see. Like the character I loved that I watched from his creation right. to all the way to the big screen was amazing to see. And I finally get it. Like people were talking about like why Wonder Woman was such a huge momental piece for them as a for the female culture. Yeah. To see a female character take the big screen in that way that people got way behind. I finally kind of get it as a male now. Yeah. Like to see a character that you people have iconicized for years to have made to the big screen and been done so well to the point of like I'm all for this. Yeah, and and also the last thing that uh, I I was gonna mention it at the time and I didn't, but yeah, that that scene where he jumps off and the glass comes off. Oh yeah, by far the smoothest frames oh, in the yeah. entire film, and that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that I want that screenshot just after he's kicked off. Yeah. I want that as my background on my laptop. Like that's something that I want to be able to see like every now and again just it's uh, I hell I would frame it and put it up on my wall that was, yeah that was an astonishing visually the whole movie's just like that the whole yeah, movie but, like you well that's the thing I, it's not even saying that necessarily the rest of the film doesn't look as good as that no but, but like to me that's shot when it stands out like when it's when it's going haywire with the graphics it always looks amazing yeah <laughs> like that whole final fight scene like there's a lot of shenanigans going on there and you're, uh, you're having a hard time following but it looks so beautiful you're watching like I can't take my eyes off this yeah <laughs> like you could really screw something up like that and they really do a good job with it yeah and, it, and I think I think it really showed that everyone that worked on this must have I mean A they must have known we cannot screw this up like there, there had to have been that thing of like we will be lynched if we mess this no, thing. that it's the first movie like comic books are terrible about this and I'm happy the movie did this they didn't let Peter Parker save the day nope. this was truly Miles' story yeah he, so from beginning to end this is Miles' story and there's a ton of characters in it but they are meant to inspire our protagonist to coming into his own and I love that scene I, I got I, again I got missing out of that scene he's like how do I know I won't screw up you won't it's a leap of faith and it lets him go yeah. And he's like, now it's time for me to come into my own. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this is such a, like, it capsulizes everyone's stories. It really centers in, like, yeah, let's get hyped. Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, we've been talking about this film for almost an hour now. Uh, but oh. it's like, yeah, th this film just had so much good stuff on it. And to be perfectly frank, Sony needed a win. They needed like a win. This film. And I really really hope they take the good lessons from this I don't know if and they will I, I, I don't know either because they, they have a Spider-Woman movie in the works with yeah. they're going forward with Spider-Gwen right. um, which could be good could be we'll see <laughs> I think it could I think they've yeah. established a, enough of a personality if they build off of that well yeah I mean it, like let's say again if they have the same or at least as much as possible the same creative team behind it yeah. it'll go well it, the problem's going to be if they end up going we're like okay we're going to make this one but this group is going to stick with the sequel you want for this film let's just give this to another one it's like no, you need yeah. you're going to need some of these people to well tell here's you the cool it. part for me uh, not just the, the creators I found out afterwards like I follow a lot of the writers for the characters that were created in this movie yeah. on Twitter 
and they all mentioned like yeah they actually came and contacted us and they wanted to get our input on the movie of how this character should be in the film I think that's phenomenal yeah because like you don't hear that often they're like we're going to do our own spin we'll read the comics a little bit but like they went to the creators and like you said I hope that they bring that same creative drive like let's bring the comic creators let's bring the film creators let's get everyone on the same page so we can continue off of this you know hype train that we've created yeah and I, I'm I'm interested uh, just looking at the information about this sequels and spinoffs the Spider-Woman film that will focus on three generations of female Spider-related characters such as Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman and Silk mm-hmm. and Beck Smith is writing it and Lauren Montgomery is directing it possibly going to direct it and the spinoffs could extend into other media such as TV stuff which Lord and Miller both expressed interest in seeing a series of shorts starring Spider-Ham so <laughs> told you Spider-Ham could do it I think he's you can't do a full movie with him but you could do a lot of good funny material because he's a character you don't oversaturate you have to be very he's meant to be in sparse yeah <laughs> you don't use him you don't milk it all the way you go we'll just sprinkle him here and here and here yeah so, it's, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward and I'm going to reserve judgment for each one based on its own merits as much as yeah. I can I know, but, like, as much as people, I, I, for one thing, all I can say is that this is a good standalone one and done movie. Yes. Even when they're teasing stuff, it was meant to be a joke. You're not meant to, like, the, the teasing trailer right at the end? Yeah. It's not advertising anything new. They were truly just doing a joke. Yeah. <laughs> if they pull, if they do something with it, that would be awesome. But if you, if the, if the rest of the movies tank, I can say for sure that I have one definitive Spider-Man movie that I can come back to a hundred times over. Yeah. And I can say this is a great film, and it, and then it will just always end with the like, stop pointing at me! No, that's not pointing at me. He pointed at me. No, he pointed first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just, the fact that they worked that Spider-Man meme into it. that was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm so glad they did that, and that, and I, I sat there and I watched about, like, I think there were about twenty other people sitting with me in the cinema when we were watching this, and I watched about 80% of them leave before the credits really started getting so it was like oh, alright I know there's something but I don't know what it is so I was like alright and then when it, it started I was like oh okay well that's interesting and then when he landed I was like no and then they did it I was like this is the best <laughs> the credits scene ever it's the best I love the whole end credit stuff the end credit stuff was awesome yeah like the the graphic because they did I've been loving what they're doing with credits like they realize people are now getting bored like as soon as credits come on they head out so they're like why don't we just make it into a little animated bit yeah but on top of that if you were listening to the music they right near the end of the the credits mm-hmm. they introduce a Spider-Man singing or yeah. Christmas song yeah I mean the actual <laughs> thing that you have him as a again spilled like a throwaway joke in the original okay, here's, like, let me tell you about myself on Spider-Man. That's like, so, so I Christmas. even recorded a Christmas album, and, it like, you see that for about, what, five seconds, and yeah. it goes away, and then they bring it back right at the end, and I'm sure it's Chris Pine singing it as I well. have a PhD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's even funnier is, like, it had such huge popularity <laughs> that they actually started to put out songs of oh, yeah. the Christmas song. <laughs> yeah. That's I, fantastic. Yeah, they... They really did well with this one, so they, I, Sony, I'm hoping they can continue that way. Sony, you did you did it once. <laughs> Apparently, you did it twice with Venom, but I don't see why how the heck you did it. Yeah, well, but, I, th- I think I think Tom Hardy 
is the Joker. Tom Hardy, he is really good in the movie. Him, because he's also voicing Venom. Right. So he's actually really funny off of himself. But again, it's one of those like, uh, like the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Great actors, terrible script, <laughs> terrible movie altogether. Yeah, try, yeah, great actors trying to do the best they can with what they have. And not only that, spoilers, everyone. So if you need plug your ears for thirty seconds, but the end credits to Venom is Woody Harrelson in prison writing his name. There's going to be carnage. But when you look at Woody Harrelson. He's wearing this god-awful wig. <laughs> this bright red wig that does not look good on him. Oh, of course it is. It's like, oh, you lost a budget here. Like, you just had to grab whatever was on the counter. This yeah. is bad. Yeah, he found Bozo's wig next door. Oh, so, like, I, I'm like, oh, this is bad sign for our future. <laughs> this is a bad sign. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. But, Sony... Congrats on doing one good film. Yes. And not only that, a film that had such a cultural impact. You get one pass from me. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Now, going forward, learn, yes. please. Yes, please learn. <laughs> there's a reason why Marvel had to like partner with you to get Spider-Man right on the screen. <laughs> there's a very, very good reason they did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I've got anything else. I don't think i got anything else. Alright, so thank you everyone for sitting through another just uh, fan fan cast. Fan cast, fangirling about uh, the film. We kind of deserved it, really. It was a. I would say it was a pleasant surprise, but I kind of knew going in I would probably enjoy it. No, I thought it was a pleasant surprise because I was going in with the expectation that this is going to be bad. So I'm happy my expectations were shattered. Yeah, I, I came away enjoying it. Way more than I thought I would. So that, yeah. that would have. So one final thing to bring up is that that final quote at the end with, with Stan Lee. Yeah. That I think that was a perfect way to like to if you left out before the end credits, to walk away is like anyone can wear the mask. I love that message. Yeah. <laughs> so, a movie that's gonna hit the culture. It's gonna gonna do great as a cinema as a, as its own as a cinema Marvel. It's gonna do great for story. It's gonna do great for the culture. So. I'm happy this film exists. Yes, me too. And I'm looking forward to watching it again when yes. it's finally available on I gotta buy every version of this now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so with all of that being said, I've been Paul. I've been Pat. And I'll see you again later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh Louis? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.